Come on around back, Arizona, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, Rosie on the house, the outdoor living hour. Here's your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. If you're following along in the homeowner handbook or you get our weekly email newsletter, you know today's topic in our outdoor living hour is backyard entertainment, and I don't think we could have timed it any better. It was 60 degrees when I walked outside this morning. You could just feel the outdoors calling you back out into the fresh open air. To join the conversation, it's one 767 4348 That's one for you Text questions can be sent to 411-923. You can email us a picture or a video if you need help explaining your project to info at rosyonthehouse.com. And to talk through today's topics, we've got two great guests in studio. Bill Jenkins of Think Green Irrigation and Landscape. Y'all uh, been a partner... I, I was explaining to Aaron yesterday, I'm like, well, I mean, they've, they've been a partner for probably 15 years, but if you go back far enough, Bill Jenkins' dad employed Rosie on his first yep. job digging sprinkler ditches for Camelback Inn. Yep, that's <laughs> what he, he's kind enough to tell the story. First job working for my dad, so that's pretty neat. And, you know, Rosie always credits your dad of breaking his will of want to being a landscape contractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like swinging a pick on Camelback Mountain. <laughs> Career choices. <laughs> Career choices. We also have Aaron Markow of Core Landscape and Irrigation. Gentlemen, thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Of course. Now let's get started on backyard entertainment. Now the first thing we got to do is our entertainment during the summer for most, if you have a pool, it is the pool. I mean, you get 60-degree days, the water temperature's uh, not, you know, not great. It, Chilly. You know, well, and the funny thing is, you know, it still may only be like 78 degrees, which for a lot of us is hot in the home. But 78-degree air is a whole lot different than 78-degree water. You know, that that's not comfortable. That's not enjoyable. So we got to decide, what are we going to do with our pool? Are we uh, shutting it down for the winter? You know, very few people have heated pools. If you've got a spa, you know, that's generally what's heated if there is. So we've got to uh, retire the pool. Code requires, you know, certain points of uh, enclosement so you can't have people wandering into it. If, uh, the, there's removable pool fences right. that are uh, in use and play. And there's also a, there's, there's different covers that also qualify for that as well that are strong enough and sturdy enough that you put on it. You don't have to worry about somebody stepping onto the cover, falling through, and then right. being stuck under the water, not being able to get back up. And a lot of people, uh, we've got a partner deck over who does permanent retirement. And I say permanent, you could always bring it back out. You've got to do some plaster repair. But they drain it completely, put a sump pump in the bottom for any rain that collects in it over the course of the years and pump it back out to the drain. But put a deck to make it completely flat so you've regained that entire access. And, you know, Bill, you have a pool, and you were telling me yesterday the last time you were in it. Um... I'm not sure what year it was. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a candidate <laughs> for that permanent pool retirement. I guess I just like maintaining a pool. <laughs> you know, if, if you got to have a hobby, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But... Well, the kids grow up, and you just don't have the, the, the kids over swimming anymore, and, and I don't know. Just <laughs> the time don't find the time to get in there. <laughs> and that's going to be a lot of what we're talking about through the entertainment is side of things is, you know, who are you entertaining? Is it kids? Is right. it adults? Is it the elderly? Uh, calls are coming work? in, guys. 
Cool. <laughs> um, I was talking in the back room. They're chit-chatting and the phone line's blinking. <laughs> Answer the phone. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, every, all the different needs and right. for all the different age groups. And one of the things that we're doing, you know, we don't have any intention of moving where we're at ever. So it's, I can justify spending more for, you know, a play set that's made out of metal and it's going to be there for 50 years than, you know, otherwise, for if it's grandkids. just something I'm going to need for five or 10 years, eh, I get a wood one and, you know, burn it when it, this, <laughs> the Arizona sun does its thing. So once the pool is retired and we've got that shut down, what are we going to be doing? And Bill, you had a great question for people to ask themselves before you get started. Why? <laughs> I always joke the first three steps in any project are to plan, plan, and plan. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, you just have to ask yourself, how do I want to use the yard? You know, is, is, um, is the yard working for me or am I working for the yard? You know, how, how do I want to use it? And, you know, needs change as you, uh, as you mature. <laughs> you can see me on video here, so <laughs> I'm not lying. You know, I used to use the pool all the time. It was one of my favorite things in the backyard, and now it's nice and clean and sparkly blue and pretty, and it's kind of a pretty water feature. But, but you're right. You you asked me about that, and I thought, gosh, I don't remember what year I'd gone in there. So, <laughs> you know, I'm probably in that candidate for I really could use some more patio space. So fill it in, cover it. Um, and we do that. I mean, we'll completely remove a pool. Uh, we've had clients that want to remove a pool and put a pool in another part of the yard. That's not the least expensive thing to do, but uh, it can all be done. So, And uh, it may be time. Uh, and then the deck over concept is a great idea because you're kind of on the fence. You don't have to completely give up on it. But uh, I just start out with that decision-making tree of, well, why do we want to use the yard? And does it fit my needs anymore? And uh, that's that's the first place you start. Dream a little. Uh, think about it. Don't I don't advise people to initially get really concerned about whether you think you can do things as much as just dream a little bit and think about what you'd like to do. And, you know, we'll come back to reality after you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you laughed pretty hard uh, at that statement on coming back to reality. What When you guys are scheduling your design projects, you know, Bill's got the why question. Where do you start? I think <clears throat> everything he said is pretty accurate, you know, and the one thing to be considered is uh, modifying maybe the use of the pool. Let's say you have a diving pool. A lot of people are going to play pools, so you can always remodel the pool, make it, you know, the three, four, five, or make it a, a sh more shallow depth, and then use it for different purposes. Use it for volleyball, sports games, and actually those pools, they stay warmer. So even in the winter, they get cool, but not so much like the diving pool. So maybe just consider even modifying what you have. I'd say the pool we have at our house uh, in the winter becomes just a water feature, like Bill said. It's got some ambiance in the background sure. and some noise and whatnot, you know, but the kids use it. The kids, I don't think they have a temperature regulation. They, <laughs> they do the polar plunge and they go in it, you know, all the time, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 a body of water that has to be taken care of if you're not using it. So definitely things to consider. Now, when we're inside the house, where do you spend most of your time? Probably around the kitchen. You <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> standing in the kitchen. <laughs> and when you're entertaining or you have guests over or family gathering, whatever the case may be, I, I get really claustrophobic inside the house with everybody on top of each other. 
And the goal is always to bring everything outside. So right. that's the first thing we do is try and recreate a kitchen on the outdoor. Now, you don't have to get crazy. You can. <laughs> sure. You, you, you can. <laughs> you can, you, you can, can just get create very a, extreme. You can just create a space. You know, think about, again, use of space in your yard, how big your yard, and how do you want to use your yard, and just create some different destinations in the yard where you can go. And one of those can be a cooking area. And it could just be, be a little patio extension or a little paver area where you can set up a grill. Uh, something that simple. Uh, sure, it can be a full-blown Ramada with an outdoor kitchen and a pizza oven and all that too, but you know, it, it could just be a grill and maybe you put a smoker next to it. And your goal could be that in Ramada with the full you know, pizza oven, grill, gas, sure. electric, you know, but everyone has a starting point. Sure. Like it, you were saying, you, you create that dream and then come back to reality. Right. And I mean, reality may say no pizza oven, <laughs> but uh, you still for can 10 do more year, until For 10 more sure, years. But you can plan for the use of space and set some space aside for that so it can be used later. All right. Back to the plan, plan, plan. Plan, plan, plan. And ideally, uh, you know, when we're building a house, you the contractor has to get it to a certain point before they will authorize it, you know, safe and acceptable for human occupation. Mm-hmm. You know, on a landscape, you can gradually add on stepping stones. You know, that's your space to work with and manipulate and change and, and adapt sure. for, you know, the, the rest of the time you're there. And I, I think it's one of the disservices they do is a lot of the new homes, they, they blow up the size of the house. There's no mm-hmm. yard left. You know, your yard's the concrete street out front. Well, what? Sure, there's plenty of things you could do there, but that's not. It's not we, the same. <laughs> it still goes back to that decision-making tree of how do you want to use the yard, and then how do you want to use the space you do have, and obviously considering everything, exposure and all that, uh, and then just go through that decision-making tree paradigm of well, what's going to what's going to give you that uh, use of space that you're looking for to live the way you want to live in your yard. Yeah, and I think like what Bill said, and I'm sure they do the same thing. A lot of us do the same things. Uh, when we initially design a project, we almost design it without a budget in mind, kind of like a master plan. And you don't have to build the whole plan, but at least we've incorporated the whole plan so you can visualize what the space could be down the road. And then you just build it to your budget. So that way you're not putting something in and then just having to tear it out in two years because another factor wasn't considered, which is super important on the planning part. Right. That's, that's a good point. And you can leave some space in the yard for those future elements that you may want to add later on down the road. Absolutely. And when we're doing all of our planning and development and, and staging the process, one of the things that will change, your product availability is going to change as well. You know, the, the different types of uh, products and material or, or something new may have come out. You know, 25 years ago, we weren't designing TV, flat screen TVs that f- you know, that That's elevate true. out of walls. True. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sure, I mean, if you want the latest and the greatest, uh, but there's a lot of uh, products out there that are just kind of timeless. Yeah. We've got Bill Jenkins of Think Green Design, Build Irrigation, and Aaron Marco of Core L- Landscape and Design. If you've got landscape gardening questions, one 767 4348 one rosie for you The world is a stage. The stage is a world of entertainment. And Backyard Entertainment is what we're talking about today. Recreating the kitchen outside, you know, whether it's just a round Weber grill, 
uh, and the garden hose or the Ramada, the next thing we're, you know, how are you going to uh, sit outside? Are you going to sit or stand? You know, bar stool applications have a lot of great outdoor use applications because you're getting up and down a lot. Uh, sure. And it's, it's obviously a little easier on a bar stool type than a deep lounge. But, you know, if you got a book out there and you plan on sitting out and soaking up some sun for a couple hours, you know, a nice, a nice big comfy lounge and, or, or I'm not a big fan of the ones that lay down. I know that they, they're everywhere. You see them at every resort and everything, but, uh, the, the time of use on those, you know, the, the way, the way they put the handles on the side, it's just too cumbersome getting in and out and back and moving. I don't know. I've just never been a fan of those Adirondack lay down beds. Well, you've all been to Buchanan Worms. There is so many cool outdoor furniture things that can be incorporated into a landscape. And you can have some elements in the landscape can have multiple purposes. So like you talked about a grill, you can design the grill uh, if it's a built-in grill uh, so that it has like an eat-up eat bar, you know, a place where you can pull up and have some bar stools or, uh, you know, obviously if it's a full-on outdoor kitchen, um, you know, incorporate some sitting areas adjacent to it. Um, the, the idea of the furniture is just, it's, uh, the possibilities are just really out there. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I think the one mistake a lot of people make, including us, and this is the realization we've come to recently, is you can't have enough seating, even some extra <laughs> chairs just to hide around the side so that when you have more people over, you have extra seats because notoriously all the good seats get taken first and then you have the mediocre seats and the tables start to get used and everything gets used and then you have people standing and people all over the place. So I'd say have some extras too. That's, That's a good idea. The mistake that we make. Well, and yet we, whenever we have something, you know, we're always going to the horse trailer and pulling out the fold-out chairs. Right. We're taking you know, any, anything Camp, you can camping find. Camping in your backyard. <laughs> you know, right. is it just me or did we forget about the most awesome thing you can possibly do in your backyard? That is laying a hammock. Oh, uh, that was my next point. To <laughs> that swing. was going to be my point, too. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, and there's two elements, the hammock, uh, but also one of those... Swings that hang down from a Birmingham style mm-hmm. porch that you can rock. They make them. Just did one for a client. Uh, you know, to where you don't have to use your porch. You know, it's it's. Oh, it's, it's standalone. Yeah, right. yeah, a standalone somewhere right. out in the yard. Boy, there's so many products out there for that, but but it all comes down to again use of space and designing those elements into the landscape in the areas where they make sense. So, considering where and how you're going to be because you're not going to be standing up all the time now we're going to get to some games and elements and interactive but you know if you're going to eat sit down take a rest don't underestimate the amount of places for people to sit and as you create a space for entertainment our goal with our house as well is you know i don't want to we would rather have the kids and 12 of their friends over than all four of our kids at four different houses. You know, we'd make it, we'd rather it be the destination. No, we want to come to your Yours house. You want to cool be there. House. <laughs> the, the fun house the, right. or the relax house or, or whatever the case may be, but making it desirable that, you know, here at our house is where, where the gathering point is. But you got to have shade. Even in the wintertime, there's shade. There's natural shade and there's man-made shade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trees, ramadas, Pergolas, patio extensions. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. 
I like to have areas in the landscape where you have some good shade that's engineered to make maybe those transitional periods where we're going into spring and it's starting to get a little warm or where right, right now where it's starting to cool off a little bit, but it's still a little warm during parts of the day. Nice to have some shady areas to go to, but you know, don't underestimate having an open area where you can see the stars at night. I mean, not all of us uh, can see it if we're down in down <laughs> Phoenix, but you get into the outline areas and you can still see the sky a little bit. And I like to have a couple of open areas as well. So you kind of mix it up. And one of the benefits of, of a man-made shade structure is you know when and where it's always going to be. You, you don't have to prune it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or water it. <laughs> but there's an element to the sound of the trees and being underneath yeah. it and the leaves dropping yeah. that, you know, you can't replicate on a man-made. And you were saying, you guys were joking during the break how, yeah, we started irrigation and now we're doing full landscape designs and, <laughs> uh, you know, just expanded our services. and. We were asking why, and you said, Bill, I just like plants. <laughs> sure. You just get excited about it. I mean, you've, you've had some fun in your own yards, and you've, you've been around it your whole life, and, and you just get excited about what you can do in people's yards. Go out there and, and see all the possibilities, and you get to start talking. Next thing you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're designing a landscape. Now, we do have a, in our outdoor living hour, the second Saturday of the month, we talk trees, but, and we've had a lot of great arbors in, and everyone has their own species that they navigate to what when, when you're looking at shade tree what do you like to design in if if it if you're designing it for yourself it may not apply to every homeowner that you're designing for for right. whatever reason but if you're doing it for yourself what what shade tree do you my tastes have changed over the years you know back when i was much younger i would have enjoyed a little bit more of a non-native species, something that would have been a little bit more of a green leaf. You know, my first home had a mulberry tree. <laughs> Talk about messy. <laughs> you know, dropped all its leaves all at once. Uh, and it was great for shade, though. You also couldn't grow any grass in the yard. <laughs> uh, my, my tastes have changed more. I really do appreciate the native trees. You know, um, and it, again, not all the spaces are huge spaces, so we don't need a, a 60-foot tree or an 80-foot tree or some monster. You know, just something that can get a nice canopy on it. Uh, some of the very uh, nice hybrid varieties of Palo Verde are just beautiful trees. If they're good ones that are selected, planted right, and properly pruned. Um, and then there's the ironwood. That's one of my favorites. That's a pretty desert tree. Aaron? I'd say... Uh... It all depends on where you live, right? Because in the neighborhood we live in, it's an older neighborhood, so any of the elm trees, ash trees would fit in better than a desert tree in that location, but it kind of right. just depends on where you're at in the valley. one 767 That's one 888 you. this segment with the important stuff you know designing in your audio video you if you're doing backyard entertainment a lot of it's on the weekends uh well what are you you're supposed to sit inside until 11 o'clock listening to rosie on the house no you got to bring that radio outside <laughs> yes that's mandatory <laughs> bring bring your listening ability out beyond just sticking in some headphones sure. and streaming off your phone you want to be able to you know enjoy a good audio video and we were talking a little during the break aaron uh you know that's not something that y'all spend a lot of time uh you know for, for when you're on your customers they you know you you sub out an 80 audio video guy when it's coming 
how much are you working with them in the design process though? So, well, here's what or you just here's what happens, Romy. <clears throat> Customers design an entire landscape and they get their plants and their grass and their irrigation. And when it gets to the end and the house could really use a speaker setup for some outdoor audio or something, they ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so Sometimes we can pre-wire, you know, we already have to dig the trench for irrigation or lighting or whatever. Pre-wire everything and then add on to it after the fact. But like we were talking about, um, these systems have come such a long way. The outdoor audio sounds incredible with surround sound. Um, just gives you that extra ambiance that if you're having a party, you can turn it up and have it louder. Or if you just want background noise, you can have it quieter. But they've, they've just made them so well now, so crystal clear that it's really a good addition to most outdoor spaces. Sure. And, uh, these are very well engineered systems, you know, that, that have amazing sound. I mean, these are not just, uh, you know, of course, I don't know if they're around anymore. It's not just something for Radio Shack, you know. Right. It, it's really a, a complete sound system for the backyard. And uh, I, I have also been amazed at the sound you can get out of these things. Yeah, I mean, if they're configured properly and they're set at the right spacing, you truly get surround sound. Um, it's something for that... For the whole area. Exactly. It's it's incredible. Um, anyone could probably install one. Uh, it requires some manual labor, uh, digging burying the subwoofer, putting the speakers and trenching and all that. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's no better time to do it than while you're doing the rest of it. Exactly. Exactly. And when you're talking about doing a surround sound, it's not that you're trying to create a necessarily a movie theater type situation that you would inside the home, but it's, it's not a boom box at the porch cranked all the way up. So the person at the back of the yard can hear it, but you can hardly hear yourself or stand yourself thinking, you know, when you're up on the porch, if that's where your grill is, right but you're trying to get the game all the way to the back for everyone else. So you're incorporating multiple different points to distribute that audio evenly, and you can turn the sound way down. And because, you know, if you're doing it for a game, football, baseball, horse races, whatever the case, not everybody that's coming over is going to be engaged is, you know, for the most part, you know, there, there might be like a three year window in your early twenties when nobody has any kids yet. And you, you know, all your same, your buddies, <clears throat> But, you know, once you are beyond that and the kids are introduced or the grandparents are coming over, not everybody's going to be engaged if it's a sporting event that you're coming to watch. So you want to be able to have something for everyone else to do uh, and, and be able to conversate and hear themselves think. And the best part is, like everything else now, it's on Wi-Fi and it's on your phone. So you don't even have to get up and walk over to the to the unit to turn it on. You can stream right from your phone, right from your TV, however you have it set up. And when you're going to an outdoor application for audio video, is, is the equipment more expensive or you just have to make sure you're looking for stuff that's rated for outdoors? Yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, challenge right there. I mean, TVs have come down in price so much, but not putting one outside like you said that's not rated for outside of course you could put a cover or things like that on but there's some infrastructure pieces like any um anything we build outside with having protected outlets having the conduits buried at the right depths having it hooked up professionally so that it doesn't just work for two weeks <laughs> it works for a long time spend the money and do it right that's right now when we're looking at entertainment how important does a lawn come into play that's a loaded question because I'm I'm a little old school. I still have some grass in my backyard. I really enjoy that cool, uh, just just the amount of uh, 
enjoyment I get out of the cool feeling of having real real turf. But uh, artificial turf has become so just uh, it's permeated every every uh, aspect of what we do, and uh, I think uh, I'm I'm seeing now more people are doing the artificial turf than real grass uh, for obvious reasons. And it's a great you know you shouldn't put. Uh, a whole lot of real grass where you're not really going to use it. We don't use it for ornamental purposes anymore, like it used to be used decades ago. Um, you can use artificial turf for that. But if you're going to play on it or you have kids or there's a there's a real reason for using artif- real grass, I, I have no problem at all with real sod. Yeah, and to that point, you know, we talked earlier about shade structures and pergolas and whatnot. You know, Real real turf and synthetic turf, real turf creates a, a microclimate. It actually keeps the space cooler. So if you don't have shade structures, that area will naturally be cooler just by having live turf. But there's pros and cons, right? Like in our backyard, we have a pool. So we don't want real grass back there because it just makes a mess out of everything. And we have so much shade, it's very hard to grow in certain areas. So we have turf back there. But, yeah, of course, it gets hotter. And when you're putting real grass in, you have to deal with the realities of maintenance and with water and shade. And you don't have to – you can be so much more creative with the use of space with artificial turf because you don't have those constraints. Absolutely. Now, do you ever have a situation where you design a natural lawn that transitions into artificial turf? Or is that that too contrasting of of a look? Most of my projects were usually either going one way or the other. Because, again, we're matching the client's lifestyle and their need. Yeah, they may hate lawnmowers. <laughs> <laughs> they may have had enough of mowing their lawn. Uh, or they may be a young family and they want to play area for the kids. So we trade again, it's back to that. How do you want to use the yard? And on a synthetic turf, I mean, are there lawn games you couldn't play? You know, the only one I can think of that would come off my mind right away is, have you ever seen where people will spray paint a twister game onto the grass probably wouldn't want to do that on your official (laughs) turf you would have permanent twister if you did that but it's a great application for outside because you don't have that slippery mat and the they're permanent but i mean you could still do bocce ball you could still do croquet you know the, the games that anybody can go out there and play and you may think you know bocce ball croquet but i tell you what if they're out there and people are out there they just start getting used as kids, that was one of our favorite games. We always played croquet. <laughs> I'm dating myself. <laughs> well, I mean, even my kids, you know, if it's set up out there, they'll just pick it up and start playing. And, of course, naturally, they went, you know, Mom, Dad, come, let's get on a team and and play more. Or, you know, if, if their bocce balls are out there, it, they just start picking them up and, and using them without, you know. But if they're packed away up and we're trying to keep them nice out of the weather, they never get used. <laughs> so we just kind of fit the you know you know what just leave them out there you know and every couple of years after the wind rain and water deteriorates them it's not a big investment to just get a new sure. croquet racket or a new set of bocce balls but if they're if they're out there and i mean for hours and it seems it, just watching them out there instead of on a device right. or using Lots some long track electronics inside i mean it just it pulls them out yeah, get them outside. That's why you need that outdoor speaker system so you can have some music playing and make it a fun environment. Jam your tunes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had mentioned water, uh, you know, moving up to, to bigger sports, more interactive volleyball and pools. Do y'all see a lot of backyard volleyball or uh, uh, not sports? Badminton. Courts. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have the space for it and you have the budget for it, you know, sport carts are definitely a thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, nowadays with this craze of pickleball, you know, I mean, there's, there's so, again, it just determines how much space you have. And is that something you're really going to use on a regular basis? Or, or are you putting a lot of money into something you're really not going to use that often? And if it's something that you're going to use for five years through right. high school, maybe maybe extend it ten. Your kids going to college, and you've still got, you know, the, the sports, whatever that they can come and practice. How hard is that to then transition into something else? Once you do a full court, I mean, that's those court mats. I mean, they're not yeah, really. I would. Re, the make, space isn't really repurposable. <laughs> I would have that conversation in the design phase with my client, uh, you know, and really we want to center in on this is going to be. More of a long-term thing, so you don't you don't just build something like that for for temporary use. That's a again, we're going to be here thirty years, sure. and and there may be ten years that it's not getting used, but the grandkids are going to come around at that point in time, and we've got that designated area for you know, you know uh, somebody, regardless of age. And you got to have the space for it too. <laughs> yeah, it'd take up a lot of space, but. Yeah. It's a production to install a sport court, so you have to be committed to doing it. Um, <clears throat> just some things, you know, besides the space, cost of concrete, that's going up. It's actually getting very expensive, and that's a major component of a sport court. And then you take the mats that go on top of it, unless you're going to paint it, uh, those mats get very pricey. So it's a, it's a pr- decent investment. You, you really have to commit to using it if you're going to put something like that in. You used to see <clears throat> tennis courts go in, and I mean, I couldn't tell you how many. As you drive around and look, I mean, it's it's a concrete slab still, but there's it's a weed factory. It's got cracks down every line. There's weeds <laughs> growing out. It it did not seem to be a very uh, long term sure, use application. Sure, come and go. Right, right. And so that's <laughs> back to that planning phase of is this something you really want to invest in, or maybe we could do something else with a space that would be a little better value, a little bit more of a long-term use. And when you're talking about the natural lawns has a different microclimate than a synthetic turf, well, that big concrete slab, that's a, a different <laughs> a microclimate by itself. Sink. Right. <laughs> and even just out there, the reflection off of mm. the concrete. So it's it's a very limited use application, but yeah. their, their options are there. And if it fits your lifestyle or, you know, the plan for the family – there's a lot of options there. Now, you'd mentioned concrete. I've seen a lot of softer surfaces that they're using on sport courts, but that's still going over the top of concrete. You still have to have your subsurface sturdy enough for that material. Yeah, you've got to still have a slab and reinforce it because it's going to expand naturally with, the, with these soils, you know. So, But we've done some projects where we've put in, you know, horseshoe pits and things that are less invasive and less costly. And then if you have to tear it out down the road, it's not such a big, you know. You're not jackhammering concrete out exactly. and hauling it off, right? Exactly. And I don't know whatever happened to horseshoes or why they had to go to these bean bags. I mean, the horseshoe, it's a stake and a couple of shoes. It's very easy to carry. If you're doing the bean bag, you got to have two clunky boards. And I just, I'm like, what was wrong with horseshoes? Why did we need to change that? <laughs> Sounds like you're a big fan of bean bag times, <laughs> It's just, it's, it's again, one more clunky thing you got to have out there where, you know, how hard is it to have a stake in the ground? That's uh, The amount of space that's utilized is so much less uh, than, than than the boards. You're going to create a resurgence in interest in horseshoes. 
out of curiosity, we've been we started with plan, plan, plan. How many times are you guys designing your landscapes for your customers with entertainment in mind, or is it just I've got a dirt backyard, or I've got an old backyard, and I just want something new? Good question. We we start with again the need, and you know you wouldn't. I don't. I've never been the kind of contractor that wants to go out and go. Here's A, B, and C. You know, we, you know, you need to listen to your to your prospect, your client. You need to engage them and draw out of them. Again, how do they want to use the space? You know, how are, are you going to be out here? Some people just look at their yards out through a little picture window, and it's more of just an inviting looking space. But others go out and actually use them. So that's where you're going to be designing these entertaining areas for them. And of course, with the weather we have here, why wouldn't you want to have some awesome cooking or eating spaces or entertaining or, or you know, again, watching the game or a place for the kids to play? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, most recently we had a house in Mesa, just a dirt backyard. And, you know, when you first, when we first walk up, we have ideas in our head already. Oh, this could look cool. This, And you start talking with a customer and they say, you know, this is what we plan to use the space for. We want a little space for the dog. We want this, but we're not going to sit out here. We don't want shade. This is what we use. We stay inside. So my ideas don't matter because they're not going to benefit from anything that I want, you know, to put in or that I think would look good. So I think it's just oftentimes we get customers asked for suggestions, but ultimately it's up to what Bill said, what they're going to use the space for. Yeah, and and you've got to draw that out of them because people may have an objection to something because they think it's going to be really expensive. Or they may have another thing that they really want, and they may not realize that's actually kind of expensive. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, just tell me everything you want. Let's pretend like you won the lottery, and let's get it all out of the table first, and then we'll go sort through this with reality, and we may take some things off the table. We may put some back on. So Yeah, and that's what I usually tell people, too. It's pretend budget's not an issue. Let's just talk about what you want, because there's usually ways you can get to a number that they want to be at. You know, you can reduce gallon size of plants. You can reduce quantities, reduce square footage. There's there's usually a way we can get where we need, or, or even just deferring a phase of the project. Right. Leave an element of the landscape that may be important down the road, but leave space for it. Exactly. Do something simple in the area that's easy to take out. Right. And I have been kind of on a repetitive note the last couple of weeks, uh, just from some callers that have had some problems and uh, talking to a couple of our partners on situations where homeowners are stuck because they don't have the infrastructure for it. When the landscape's open, when you're doing the trenches or you're putting in the water lines, put in sound systems, put in extra conduit, put in the gas line, whether you're going to use them or not. Yeah. Right. To completely have a finished, mature landscape four years down the road and realize, well, I took the $500 extra that it was going to cost to run the gas line, and now i got to rip it up, run this through, and it's going to cost me three times what it would have just cost to over-infrastructure a couple years ago. Aaron brought up earlier the idea of doing some pre-wiring, and that's an excellent idea. You know, you may have a, a client that their budget is a little restrictive, and they don't allow you to finish some of the things like, like outdoor lighting. 
you know, but you still can have that outdoor lighting plan. And while you're doing all the other infrastructure and the trenching and putting your irrigation systems in, you can run that wiring and pre-wire it and put little loops in place according to your lighting plan. But you can execute the installation of the fixtures, which are expensive, and you can do that down the road. Absolutely. But you don't have to tear the whole yard back up again. That's right. And speaking of outdoor lighting, we've got another guest in studio, Mr. Nick Servey of uh, Nightworks Arizona. <clears throat> we actually, if you're following along in our weekly email newsletter, you know that's our entire topic set for the next hour, but we thought it'd be a perfect transition as we're doing backyard entertainment to have you wrap up the hour because <clears throat> there's two things that happen in Arizona when we're using our outdoor space. In the summertime, you don't want to use it Till it is dark because it's finally bearable and in the winter time you get home from work and it's already dark outside and you can't use it so night lighting is a huge uh extension of being able to use our outdoor space yes indeed uh as bill and eric were talking about you know obviously incorporating a good lighting plan is uh, a good way to go go about getting uh maximum usage out of your backyard or front yard now courtyards are very popular so uh incorporating a good plan ahead of time allows you to take advantage of that and utilize it to the maximum amount and how and and, and then there's no limit to when or where you use your outdoor space right you can uh then maximize you know width depth dimensions of the yard and uh you know fully have all of those areas uh, utilized and uh, it makes it feel like you know your investment is getting maximized. Well, fine. We've got one minute left here uh, to wrap up, gentlemen. Thanks for spending uh, again Saturday morning with us talking backyard entertainment. It is what we can do in Arizona. We've got you know from now till May that yeah, you know, very few of us would need space heaters, but there you know there, <laughs> there is some applications of that you do see. Uh, in, in July and February, but uh, there, there's no limit to what we can't do outside and enjoy our home and create our own space. Uh, Bill Jenkins, Think Green Design, Build Landscape. Uh, you've been uh, you know, a, a second-generation landscaper, basically. Yep. yep, and my grandfather was really into roses, so I kind of try to pull that third generation. Third generation, <laughs> and yeah, that, that ties in. I, I forgot about the, the rose propagation. Yep, yep, yep. He was really big into roses, so... Aaron, work out core landscape and design. Y'all are uh, built your your design studio. You're out of the Scottsdale Air Park, right? We cover the, most of the Metro Valley. And Aaron, we we do the same, uh, primarily East Valley, but we'll go valley wide as well. So, and Nick with Nightworks, we're going to have a whole conversation coming up the next hour. So, stay tuned if you've got questions or want to talk Sorry. about landscape lighting design. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. One triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. You can email us pictures or photos, uh, images, videos, info at rosie on the house dot com.